Congratulations, you made it to the end of what is arguably uh, one of the, if not the most, craziest years uh, we've ever been through. Right? I don't know what this year has been like for you, uh, but I think all of us will remember 2020 as the year of COVID. Right? My family, we, we gave birth to a daughter, I said. Uh, we planted a church, but still, I think when I look back to 2020, uh, COVID will be right there, front and center. And COVID-19 has touched every single part of our lives. Right? I don't know if it's been like that for you, your work, your home, your friendships, what you do in your spare time, right? how you connect with each other, right? and even bigger and worse ways than that. Right? This is our 2020. And so as we celebrate Christmas, I didn't want to ignore the coughing elephant in the room, right? COVID. Right? I didn't want to just pretend that it didn't exist. And so today I want to point out three things that Christmas says to us in COVID. Right, three hopefully encouraging and hope-bringing things that when we look at the story of Christmas, that we might take away right now in the midst of COVID. Right, so let me just jump into it, number one. Next slide. The first thing is that God sees us. God sees us. Right, I know this is something that we say Santa does. Right? He, he sees you when you're sleeping. Uh, he knows when you're awake. Uh, but... I don't know about you, the more I think about that story of Christmas, Santa, I don't know if it's because like, I'm a dad now, it creeps me out, right? The, this idea of Santa, All right, let me explain. There's this old man who only wears red velvet and he's got an unshaven beard and he sees you when you're sleeping. Right? He knows when you're awake. And when you fall asleep, he's going to creep into your home uninvited right, and eat your milk and cookies. Right? The real story of Christmas is not that Santa sees us, it's that God sees us. Right? And if anyone should be able to see me 24-7, it should be maybe my wife, my kids, and then God. And that's the first thing I want to encourage us with, that God sees us, maybe even when it feels like he's not even there. Luke chapter 2, verse 8, it introduces us to some shepherds. And they're out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And in a moment, God's going to send a messenger to speak to them about the birth of Jesus. But I just want to point out something here about the context, right? where we find the shepherds. God's people here in Luke chapter 2 are probably at the lowest point in their whole history. Right? The lowest point, maybe like COVID has been for us. Right? Really at the bottom of the barrel. Imagine with me what it must have felt like to be these shepherds. They're out in the field at night. I think three things would stick out to me. Number one, the darkness, right? They're out in the country somewhere, right? There's no lights, darkness, silence, right? It would have just been eerily quiet. And number three, absence, right? Darkness, silence, absence, right? The absence of anyone else out there. And those physical realities are actually a perfect picture of their spiritual reality. Right? This is why they're at the lowest point, because they're actually spiritually going through darkness, right, silence, and absence. Right? Even if you don't go to church, you probably know that the Bible is split up into two parts. Right? We've got the Old Testament, and you've got the New Testament. And you know, it's kind of deceiving. Here's the Bible. This is the Old Testament right at the front. And it feels like when you get to the end of the Old you just go straight into the new. It's like it just flows into the New Testament. But in reality, time-wise, there is a gap. Right? This page is a gap. It's a 400-year gap. 
And the reason why there's nothing here is because nothing happens. For 400 years, God is silent. He doesn't speak. He doesn't act. He doesn't send anyone. There's no prophets. Right? They're in darkness, silence, and the seeming absence of God. And all of that is because basically in the Old Testament, God's people keep messing up. But that's where the shepherds are. That's where God's people are. Right at the bottom. And maybe they ask questions like you might have asked through 2020 and COVID. Right? Where is God? Is he even here? But again, COVID tells us, I mean, Christmas tells us in COVID that even in darkness, even in silence, even when it seems like God isn't there, he is. And he sees us. Right? He's right next to you. In a moment, we're going to see that it's true. Sorry, next slide, please. In verse 9, God's absence is now broken by presence. Right? An angel of the Lord is going to appear out of nowhere. The darkness is broken by God's glory. The verse says that they shone around them. The glory of the Lord was shining around them. And the silence is broken, in verse 13, by a multitude of angels. It's like an army of angels pop out and they start singing to God. And so what felt like darkness is replaced with light, what felt like absence is now the presence of God, and what was silence is now filled with a thunderous praise for God. And in the, it felt like God wasn't there. It felt like they were alone when in reality he was there all along. He was just waiting for the right time to show up. And it's true for them, it's true for us, right? Even though your 2020 might have felt dark, it might have felt like God wasn't there, he is. He's always with us, waiting and watching. And even though you can't see God, it doesn't mean he can't see you. And even though it feels like he's far, the reality is that he's very near. As the shepherds kept watch over their flock, God was always watching over his you know, I know some of us here, we don't believe in God or Jesus. And so when I talk about the Bible, I might as well be talking from Harry Potter. And when I talk about Jesus, I might as well be talking about Santa. But, but what if you're wrong? Or what if, like the shepherds, you're absolutely wrong? You're so sure God's not here. You're so sure he doesn't exist. But what if he is? What, is, what if he's been with you every day through this horrible year? Isn't that worth investigating? What if I told you, in, in that closet room over there, before any, anyone came, I hid a million dollars. I'm so sure of it. A million dollars, right in that closet over there. Right, what would you do? Right, you say, as if, no way, I don't believe you. And then when we all go to lunch, you'll probably sneak in there and have a look. Right, because the, the claim is so big, you have to at least give it a look. Because you'd lose too much if it turned out to be true and you didn't do anything about it. If there's any chance that God is actually real, if there's any chance that he's with you right now, if there's any chance that he is next to you, then the wise thing, the responsible thing would be to at least give it a go. To investigate God because the cost would be too much if it turned out to be true. So the first thing I want to encourage us is that God sees us. Right? He's right there with us. He sees your pain. He sees your COVID. He sees your struggle. He's there. Right? The second thing. Next slide, please. 
is that God helps us. I've got three points today. God helps us. In verse 9, the angels burst out. They break the silence. They break the darkness. They break the absence. Right? God sees us. And then in verse 10, they make huge claims about good news, of great joy for all the people. This is a tremendous claim. They're saying that whatever, whatever they're going to announce in a moment is so important that it's great joy, right, intense joy for everyone. Right? If you would hear this and believe it, no matter who you are, this will bring you intense joy. What is the incredible news? Verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The news that should well up joy in each one of us is that God sent a Savior. There is a Savior who was born into the world. When God breaks the 400 years of silence, it's not to criticize the people, blame them, remind them, hey, this is all your fault, this is why I, I, I left for 400 years. God steps in to help, and he does that by sending Jesus. The second thing Christmas tells us in the midst of COVID is that God is here to help. God is here to help no matter what you're going through. He's not just there next to you, but he's there to help. What does God stepping into the world 2,000 years ago, lying in a manger, have anything to do with my struggles today through COVID? And I want to say it has everything to do with what you're going through. You see, all the bad we see in this world, no matter what it is, can be traced down to a root problem. Right? Every bad we see is a symptom of the root problem we call sin. Ever since Adam and Eve in the garden disobeyed God, sin has spread to every corner of the universe and every crevice of our hearts. Right? It's everywhere, the Bible says. And so what we see on a daily basis are the symptoms of this root problem of sin. Whether it's pain, loss, right, marriage troubles, relational conflict, right, poverty, hunger, selfishness, they're all symptoms of a root problem called sin. You can trace it all down. They're all related in that way. But the good news of great joy for all people is that Jesus came to save us from that root problem of sin. He came to fix that root problem that we all have. That is why he can help us today, because he's going to go right to the core of it and make it right. 2,000 years ago, Jesus found a solution to that root problem. He lived, he died, and he rose from the dead. And if we would turn to him and ask him to help us, he will, starting there, and then he will flow on to the symptoms. Now, this is really important. I know we came here just to sing some songs and be happy, and I've kind of thrown in like a heavy topic, but this, is, this really matters, right? This is the one chance I get to talk to you, maybe. Well, hopefully not, because you, you might come back. If this is true, by what I just said, that there is a root problem called sin, it means that not only can God help us, it means God needs to help us. Because unless we fix the root problem, all we're doing is... is trying to tweak what's on the symptoms, right, on the outside, but it won't really get to the heart of what we need to fix. Right, let, let me give you a story to explain. In 2003, a group of church people, you know, a bunch of us actually here today, we went to Thailand 
uh, to schools and orphanages to help and teach and to tell them about Christmas. And in one of the mornings, uh, we were doing exercise, and one of the brothers, he fell, and he hurt his thumb really badly. We all went around him, are you okay, does it hurt? And we had some medical students there, um, and uh, the question that everyone was asking was, can you move it? Can you move your thumb? So the brother's like, ah, oh, and he, he, he moved his thumb. And so we said, okay, okay, that's fine, because if you can move it, it's not broken. Right, it's fine. And so what we did is we got him some cream. We got him some tiger balm. If you know tiger balm, it's this Asian cream that has the power to heal anything. And so we got him tiger balm. And every day, like throughout the day, he's putting tiger balm on his thumb. But it's not getting better. Right? It, it swelled up to a comical size. I'm not joking, like three times its size. And it started turning green. And so we'd laugh and we'd say, you're the Hulk. And he'd be like, and we're like, ha ha, but it's okay. It's not broken. Keep putting cream on it. Now, you know what's going to happen? We were in Thailand for about three weeks. Tiger bomb, tiger bomb, tiger bomb. We come back home. He goes to the doctor, gets a scan. And what do you know? It's broken. Why didn't the tiger bomb work? Because he's just putting cream on the symptom when he needs to really go down to the core problem and fix it. If sin is real and is actually at the root of every symptomatic problem you have, whether it's relational, whether it's you know, your character, whether it's you know, life or work or the struggles that you have, if there really is a root problem, then we need to go there and fix it or else we're just putting cream on a broken thumb, you're not doing anything at all. But if we can fix the root problem, then the symptom will begin to change. And that is why Jesus came. The good news of great joy for all people is that a saviour was born to fix that root problem. He lived in this earth. He died on the cross. And that is the, the gospel, the good news that we're about. And so we turn to him and ask for help, and he can. Next slide, Matthew 1. It says, Mary will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That is the problem. We ultimately need fixing. Friend, don't put tiger balm on a broken thumb. Christmas says to us, God can help us, beginning with that root problem. Number three, next slide. So God sees us even when it seems like he's not there and absent, God helps us, right? With that problem, we really need fixing sin. And third, God loves us. God loves us. If Christmas tells us anything, it's that God loves us. Verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby, a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. This is the saviour of the world, right? If we were writing this script, right, if this was a movie, you'd imagine that the angels would say, unto you is born today a saviour, and he's right behind you, and they'd turn, and there'd be someone like Chris Hemsworth standing there with the wind, like, blowing his hair and the light shining behind him. But that's what we'd imagine the saviour of the world to be like. But no, no, the angels say, you'll find a baby, wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. He's not wrapped in silk in a kingly palace. He's wrapped in cloths in a stable. 
Right? It's not born with the adoration of crowds where everyone's around to celebrate. If you know the story, there's only his parents and a few unremarkable shepherds who even know that he exists. And he's not the son of a royal king, a powerful leader, or a businessman. He is the son of a common carpenter. This is your saviour. And so it's understandable in a way that many people would look at this story and scoff laugh and say that's your savior that's kind of embarrassing a baby and it is in a way embarrassing but that's why christmas says god loves us because even though it was embarrassing and humiliating jesus was willing to do all that for you you can see the extent of someone's love by the extent they are willing to sacrifice for you. When you love someone a lot, you'll do anything for them. I'll, I'll give all my money. I'll travel two hours to meet you. Right? I'll give up my time. You, do, you sacrifice it all, right? Because that's what love is. It'll sacrifice. When you love someone very little, you don't want to sacrifice. Oh, I don't really want to spend $20 on your birthday. Do I have to go to your party? Right? You can see love by the extent of someone's sacrifice you know uh, i used to live in hornsby i didn't know it at the time when, when you're in hornsby but when i moved out i realized hornsby's very far <laughs> and so i'm sorry to all the guys who live in hornsby uh, it's not that far it's far it's far um and every time we go to hornsby my, my wife would make a comment and she'd say she'd talk about how she used to travel you know, from where she lived all the way to hornsby often getting stuck in like rush hour she gets stuck in traffic for an hour right, just to you know, meet me and hang out with me Right? That's sacrifice, because that's love. Right? You're willing to sacrifice. But nowadays, she always adds at the end, I can't believe I used to do that. <laughs> I wouldn't do that for you anymore. And so, I don't know what that means. Maybe she loves me a little less. But you can see the extent of someone's love by their sacrifice, and we see the extent of God's love by how he was born, right? not in royalty, not with adoration, but in a common Right? In, a, in, a, in, a, in a stable, laying in a manger with common parents. Right? How humiliating. Remember, this isn't just any person. This is God. This is God who put on flesh. The infinite became finite. He who was timeless entered time. Creator right, would come into creation. Right? Mind-blowing. How embarrassing, how humiliating. And yet this was love. And not only in his birth, but throughout his life, Jesus was like a vagabond. He had nowhere to live. He had nowhere to lay his head. He didn't have a great army. He had like a ragtag bunch of disciples that would end up betraying him. And at the end of his life, he'd ascend not a throne, but a cross and die like a criminal all alone. Embarrassing? Yes. Humiliating? Yes. Love? Yes. We see in the story of Christmas just how much God was willing to go, willing to do in order to save us, and so we see the extent of his love for us. Next slide, John 3.16, for God so loved the world, because he so loved the world he gave his only son right to be born to live to die that whoever believes in jesus 
should not perish, but have eternal life. Next slide. These are the three things I've said. I'm going to wrap it up. Next slide, please. If you're a believer in Jesus today, I hope something here might have encouraged you, reminded you of Christmas, but really of God. That God sees you in your pain and in your worries. That even in the darkness, even in the silence, even when it seems like he's absent, he's right there. He sees you when you're sleeping, but not in a creepy way. That God helps you. As we wrestled through COVID and we thought we got there and then a few days ago another cluster grows and it's going to keep kind of happening like that. No matter what we're going through, God has a solution because he's fixed it from the root problem and he'll help us with the symptoms. And number three, that God loves you. Enough to empty himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And if you're a non-believer today, you just came because your friend forced you to, you thought you were just going to see some kids dance, and now I just threw some heavy topics at you, and you're like, oh. If God is really real, if he's the million dollars in that closet over there, I think he's worth investigating because you'd lose too much if he turned out to be true. That if God really can help you, then you really need him because none of us are able to get to the root problem of sin and solve it for ourselves. And if God really does love you, wouldn't it be worth to understand and experience that love the love of god perfect endless infinite unfailing love investigate that right it will change your life would you close your eyes with me and we're going to pray for you know 30 seconds i just want you and maybe you've never prayed you don't do this i just want you to speak to god and if there's anything that maybe stood out to you that challenged you, that made you question something. Maybe you feel a, a, a pulling in your heart toward God. That's not you. That's not the music. I, I believe that is the Spirit of God. But whatever is on your heart, I want us to come before God and spend 30 seconds just, just talking to Him. Maybe taking a step forward, maybe asking for help, maybe making a commitment this 2021 to try to know him better. Let's spend 30 seconds and then I'm just going to pray for us. Yes, God, we just want to come before you and pray that this Christmas that you would remind us of our Lord Jesus. And what an amazing truth it is that uh, you would send your son into this world. Father, would you be with us in the midst of uh, what has been a crazy year? It's challenged us, it's flipped some of our lives upside down, it's um, been difficult. Um, but God, you remind us with your loving and encouraging words that you are there with us. You see us even when we're sleeping. You see our pain, you see our struggle, you see our burdens, you see uh, the worries of our hearts and you genuinely care for them. God, that you are here to help us in the midst of our struggles. You are here to rescue us even from the very problem of sin that we have placed ourselves in. The sinful nature that pulls us toward um, 
disobedience and away from you, you've come to help us in that way. God, remind us of how deep your love is, what an astonishing truth it is uh, that you would enter into this world, that God would put on flesh and be born in the quiet, ignored by humanity, with no room for the maker of the world. Oh, what amazing truth it is that you would do this for us. Let me pray. God, we thank you so much for Jesus. We don't know why you would even have a second thought about us human beings. We make a mess of our lives. We spend 90% of it ignoring you. We purposely, purposefully make decisions that hurt you and displease you. And yet you sent your son, God the Son, into this world that you might step into our very lives and let us know that you are there, that you see our pain and our struggles, that you're right next to us, that you'll step in in order to help us, especially with the problem of sin, the problem that we cannot by our strength resolve. We thank you in Jesus that we're reminded this Christmas of just how much you love us, how humiliating it must have been that you, God, would come into this broken world as a baby and live a life rejected, betrayed, hated, falsely accused and die on the cross in our place. Holy Spirit, move in this place that no matter who we are, that you would draw us to you, that we might be a step closer to you and that as we celebrate Christmas and enjoy the gifts and enjoy relationships, remind us of the greatest gift, which is Jesus Christ and the greatest relationship, which is the relationship with you. I thank you for everyone who is here, those who have come to just celebrate the launch of Kingsway, those who have never been to church and made that courageous step to be in one. Um, God, I trust that you have a purpose for each of us. Speak to us, be with us um, today and in these coming weeks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
ہے 